Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Let's get the latest on college football with Shahan J. Araja from CBSSports.com on ESPN Central Texas. All right, 435. Shahan, good afternoon. How are you today, my friend? Hey, I'm doing pretty well. Thanks so much for having me on. Hey, let, let, we appreciate your time. We really do. Let, let's dive into this thing. Let's first begin in Oregon. And talk to me a little bit about the offensive coordinator and his situation. I, hey, if, if I understood your story correctly, he, he had surgery and was unavailable for the Stanford game. Do, do we have a, an update on him? Yeah, we haven't gotten anything else at this point. So what ended up happening, uh, just kind of piecing things together, of course, is that it sounds like uh, like their offense coordinator, Joe Moorhead, who people might remember as being the head coach of Mississippi State before coming to Oregon. Uh, it sounds like he had some sort of medical emergency Saturday morning after the team had arrived in the Bay Area for the Stanford game. And so unexpectedly, he was pulled out. And John Canzano over at the Oregonian uh, confirmed that he did have sort of what sounds like an emergency surgery on Saturday. So it sounds like things went okay, but no real timeline for his return. Uh, all Oregon said at this point is that it's a non-COVID related illness. So obviously all the best to him, hope everything's back. But I think we also did see kind of without him, you know, how that team looked. I mean, I, I think that Moorhead is one of the more underrated offensive coordinators in college football. A couple of years ago, we saw what he was able to do over at Penn State. He was on that staff that led them to a Big Ten championship. And so, uh, you know, I think that if he's out for any extended period of time, I think Oregon might suffer for it. How good is Cincinnati right now? Oh, man, I, I think they're really, really good. I mean, to go on the road and beat a Notre Dame team, I don't think this is the best version of Notre Dame that we've seen in the last little while, but to kind of go and do it in pretty dominant fashion, going up 17-0 to at halftime, I, I mean, that's impressive stuff. And the thing that I think people don't realize is just how good they are on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, this is a, this is a unit. And actually, I'll go ahead and, and point back to my experience last year covering them when they played against SMU in Dallas. And SMU, they have one of the best wide receiver rooms in the country, not, not just at the group of five level, but overall. And Cincinnati came in there and really held them underwater, held them to 13 points overall, beat them 42 to 13. And I think the thing I was most impressed by this past weekend against Notre Dame was just how poised they looked down the stretch. Because, you know, Notre Dame kind of came back. They put in another quarterback that Cincinnati wasn't totally prepared for. And they kind of put together a drive or two. And all of a sudden, kind of at the end of the game, when they needed to score, they went down the field in six plays, 75 yards, and scored a touchdown pretty easily. So I think that they've been poised. I think that they're complete. I think that Desmond Ritter is just a gamer at quarterback. And so they're a very impressive team. And I, I'll be definitely curious to see whether they kind of get a chance at the end of the year once the playoff rankings come around. I was just about to go there. Do they get a chance uh, – right now in the AP poll, they're sitting at five. And I noticed y'all's poll, you've, you've got them at, at number three. But the AP poll has them at five, and and uh, they're six in the in the coaches' poll. And, and I'm looking at a 10 and a, and a five and oh, rather, BYU team that's number 10. Talk to me about how you can – how you come to those conclusions. We – without a – without a 12-team – 16 team playoff how, how do we really truly know who the best teams are yeah I think that it's something that's been a real issue and the other thing that I'll mention right is that if you go undefeated I, I feel like you should have a chance to play for a national championship I mean you know we had that situation with UCF a couple of years ago where they go undefeated in back-to-back -back seasons 
And to not get a chance to play for a national championship at that point is just pretty disappointing to me. And we might end up in a situation like that with Cincinnati. Like you mentioned, we have them right now at number three in our poll. For me, I, I had them at number three in my ballot uh, in our poll. And for me, it's very simply that I think that they've played a lot of really good teams early. They've had to go on the road and beat Notre Dame, which I think is one of the most impressive wins of the college football season. And the other thing, too, is that I think they've looked good in every one of their other games as well. And so I, I think that for me, right, like they're going to need a couple things to go right to have a chance to play in the college football playoff. Now, you know, you mentioned that they're number five, number three and number four are about to play this upcoming weekend. So most likely one of them is going to get knocked out of that three, four spot. And that potentially would push Cincinnati into that top four discussion in the eight people. That's different, obviously, than the college football playoff rankings. But yeah, I mean, if you're in a situation and we last year, we were in this situation where Cincinnati goes undefeated. And also Coastal Carolina went undefeated. And I'm not saying that every single team that goes undefeated in the group of five is definitely a team that can win a national championship. But it's just silly to me that we don't even get the opportunity to try. And the other thing with, with that sort of situation, too, with multiple group of five teams not making the college football playoff, is that ultimately a lot of the time we end up in a position where only one of the teams gets a bid even to the New Year's Six Bowl. So to go undefeated and not even get a chance play against one of those better teams in college football I, I think it's really disappointing and that's one of the things that I think you have to be excited about with a potential 12 team playoff is that at least if you go undefeated it feels like at least you might get a chance yeah and I was sitting here you know we were just we were looking at it this morning and, and the first thing that came to my mind is you know obviously the Red River uh I I, I forget what they call a rivalry. Used, you know, we, we all grew up, and it was the Red River shootout. But the, the Red River rivalry, Texas and Oklahoma, if Oklahoma beats Texas soundly, I, I'm sitting here thinking that in the polls, they jump Cincinnati and, and, and move into that top four. I, I, I just have that feeling. Yeah, and, I mean, I think it's difficult to argue, right, because Oklahoma's sitting – at number five, number six in that range, despite having really had to play anybody and also without beating anybody particularly convincingly. And I think that's one of the things, and this is something that isn't, I don't think, just unique to the group of five, but I think that there are these brands and there are these teams that I think that have a lot of implicit credibility, right? Because we haven't seen Oklahoma actually put together a good performance at this point. We haven't seen Ohio State put together a good performance at this point. Um, but still, these teams are right there and sort of the number six, number seven, number eight discussion right on the edge of the playoff just because of expectations and, and obviously preseason expectations playing some part in that. And, you know, I, I think that that's one thing that I think the committee does relatively well is I do think that they try to kind of take a step back and take a step back from, from preseason expectations. But I think that there's always going to be, and it's partially because of recruiting, it's partially because of branding, it's also partially just because we're used to seeing those teams there. I think there's always going to be this level of bias towards some of these bigger brands just because I think they're familiar. And I think that's just human nature with it. And so it is disappointing. It's one of the reasons that I think that Cincinnati, again, will need a couple things to go right. Because if Oklahoma loses a game this season and goes 12-1, and and you're talking 12-1 and Oklahoma versus 13-0 and Cincinnati, or if it is Oregon potentially losing a game, you know, and it being 11-2 and Oregon or whatever with the Big Ten champions, like I think that it's going to give them at least a chance but, I mean, the fact that we have to sit here kind of doing the math of whether an undefeated team would have a chance to play for a national championship, you know, I, I just don't think it's right. Is Manny Diaz's seat the hottest in the country after missing that doink field goal last week? <laughs> You'd have to give me a second to think about some of the hottest seats in the country because, man, there there might be a handful of them after how this year has gone. But I think that Manny's is definitely one uh, that looks like it's about to boil over. I mean, 
they had a lot of expectations coming into this year. You know, coming into the year, I believe, at number 13 in the country, really not even putting up a fight against Alabama, and things have kind of just fallen apart from there. Obviously, Derek King has dealt with some injuries this year, too, and they just don't look like the type of team that I think we expected to see. And, you know, it, it just becomes a question, right? How many years are you allowed to get? How much time do you get uh, before it's kind of really on you, right? And I think that Manny Diaz, is starting to reach that point, and and it's tough, right? It's a tough situation. I mean, I think that that yeah, you know, there's always this allure of the of the U, but you don't necessarily get the backing that people think that you do being at a school like that with so much history. And so the expectations are high. I don't know whether the inputs are quite as high as people think that they are, but you know, the results speak for themselves. I, I think that they didn't need to be a great team this year, but to kind of be in a situation where you're going down, uh, you know, in games like that. It's a real disappointment, and I, I think that, yeah, there's a real good chance, I think, that there's a new coach at Miami by the end of the year. You know, another team that uh, intrigues me is Coach Stoops at Kentucky. They're, they're, a, they're undefeated. They've got a quality win over Florida. Uh, yet, you know, and I, and I recognize they're in the SEC. I get all that. But, you know, they're not one of those football brands in the SEC. Let's, let's be honest. And there they sit. Uh, at number 16. I mean, what what do we know about Kentucky, Shihana, and, 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 and how good are they? Yeah, I think it's a good question. But, you know, uh, the thing is, right, we, I think, have an idea that Florida's at least maybe a top 25 type team. I, I think kind of getting into that 11-12 conversation this early in the year was a little crazy. But I do think that this is a testament to what they're building there and, and what they've done so far. You know, I, I think that They've been such a tough program. I think that I'd almost compare them in some ways to like Kansas State in the Big 12, where they just zag a little bit. You know, everybody's trying to play one way. They're trying to grind out games. They're trying to run the ball. They're trying to develop great offensive linemen. And I think that they've done a really good job of doing it. Now, I don't know that they're the number 16 team in the country. Like you said, you get a lot of implicit credibility from beating certain types of teams, like a Florida. But um, I, I do think at the same time that this is a top 25 caliber team, that they are a very solid team. Um, you know, and again, I, I think that it's going to be really interesting to see how they play coming up against the Georgias and the Tennessees and all those sort of teams, you know, because it is a tough path for them being in the SEC. And so I do think that, yes, this team's probably a little high, but they're going to have opportunities where they're going to have to prove it one way or another. What is going on at College Station? Is it more than just not having their quarterback? Oh, it's a lot more. I mean, I mean, the reality is, right, because we're hearing so much about Haynes King, and we're hearing so much about how things would look if he was there, but, like, we didn't get to see him do much anything this year either because he got hurt in the first or second drive of the Colorado game. And so I definitely think it's more than that. Now, the quarterback play has been terrible. I, I think that we can all sit here and acknowledge that, but I think a big part of it has been the issues that they've had on the offensive line. And some of that is due to injury. Their center, Luke Matthews, is going to be out for the rest of the season, but at the same time, it's like, I, I, you know, I was talking with a, with a friend a couple days ago. We were looking back at some of their recruiting from the 2018 and 2019 offensive line class, and it, it was just a lot of transfers and misses. And the reality is, when you're coaching in the SEC, you can't miss in those years. You can't have down classes. You can't have four transfers in one class. And, uh, and that's why all of a sudden they're starting two true freshmen on the offensive line in the SEC. And so, yes, I do think that quarterback play has been a huge issue. I think that the receiver play hasn't been particularly impressive either. But, I mean, it's kind of just everywhere at this point, right? And, and I think that offensive line is probably top of the list of, of why they've struggled so much. But you really could kind of look at almost any group on that offense other than running back. And, and they've been underwhelming. 
Shahan, uh, what are you uh, what are you working on for CBSSports.com? Yeah, so this upcoming week I'll be out there at the Red River Rivalry Showdown, Shootout, whatever it is these <laughs> days. Uh, you know, it's one of the great atmospheres in college football, so I'll be reporting live from there. Also, we'll have my uh, upset picks as usual up this upcoming week uh, on Wednesday, and we'll have our uh, expert picks up tomorrow as well. You know, you need to get an action photo from the Ferris wheel. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, wh- who else in sports can do that but you? I mean, th- th- I think that's, I think that would be a cool deal. I mean. <laughs> I'll try my best. I'll you, see what I can you're do. Not, you're not buying, are you? You're selling. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Have a great day. That is a Shahan J. Raja from CBSSports.com.